Welcome to Transformation Church RVA. This sermon is a part of the series, This Is My Story. In this series, we take the infallible truths of Scripture and pair them with the powerful testimonies of God's people. We will see how our stories declare timeless truths about God. Today, we start a new series. We're called, This Is My Story. This is my story. And over the next four weeks, how many of you growing up ever went to a church where they had a testimony night? Like, like people would get up on like a Sunday night or something like that, and they would just testify. Well, over the next four weeks, you are going to get to experience the testimonies of four people. Um, well, four groups of people, and they are from within our church. It's not some video we've clipped from some other congregation or some other ministry website. Uh, this is T-Church family, and you're going to get to hear their stories and with the ultimate goal over the next four weeks to show you that God is writing the story of your life. In fact, it has been written And he is the ultimate storyteller. He's the ultimate storyteller. So take a look. This is, um, I, you're going to get to meet Jerry Cardillo today. Um, watch this video. We got to meet with him a couple nights ago, and he just shared his heart with us. And then I'll be back to speak. glad you're here. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. We'll start out by telling us what's your name and... Uh... Okay, well, my name is Yolando Dolly Cardello. Okay. But short, it's Jerry Cardello. Jerry Cardello. people call me. Yeah? Jerry, yeah. Now, where, where, where does your original name come from? Well, uh, my papa was born in Sicily and papa's name is Yolando. Okay. So I'm a junior. You're a junior? Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Out of eight boys, I'm a junior. Eight boys? And three girls. Wow. No, Mama has 13 children. 13? And there's two living right now. My brother and myself. Brother and yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, how long, uh, Jerry, have you been in the Richmond area? Since 1955. Okay. What brought you here? Bortley, Where'd you come from? Bortley, oh, New Jersey. Okay. Jersey City. And so the military brought you here. Brought me here, and I spent almost a year here. When I was stationed in Fort Lee, I met my wife-to-be, you know. So we went skating here just about whenever we can. Yeah. I bought a pair of roller skates for $68 precision, and that was my whole whole month's paycheck. The whole month? $68. So then when I got discharged from the Army, I went home to work in a bakery shop, Italian bakery. I made some money, came back down, got married. Yeah. That was 1955. 1955. Mm-hmm. And you've been here ever since? Ever since, yeah. 
Now, tell me about your childhood growing up. Were you were you a family going to church, or what was the picture of God? I looking? was not. A, mama, mama was a complete Pentecost. Okay. Complete, and she would witness to her children day and night, and we got tired of it, and we some of them walked off, and I just sat there and took it. Yeah. That's the way it was with me. Yeah. So then uh, I came down, worked, made some money, went to, back to Richmond, and got married, and, and I lived with my wife for 13 years. And then sometimes we have to tell something dirty about ourselves to go ask on the other side. Yeah. So I left my wife for nine months. I was put in for a divorce. I was sleeping in a rented room one night in the country, and the Holy Spirit got a hold of me. The Holy Spirit got a hold of me. And I gave my life to Jesus that night because I knew how to do it. Mama told me what to do, Jerry. Wow. So then uh, my wife was in the hospital for whatever reason. I thought maybe she may have had a nervous breakdown because we were separated and everything. And then when I told her what I did, she still has some doubts about me. I gave my heart to Jesus. But then, and then as the day has progressed on, we were married. We were back together for two years, and my wife had another baby. So her name is Michelle. Yeah. So she calls herself an oops baby. <laughs> but I said, honey, you are a blessed baby. Yeah. And Mom and I got back together. Yeah. So when y'all got back together, uh, did y'all start attending church together after you yes, found Jesus? Yeah, in that? Oh yeah. So you took your kids to church, took yeah, your family to church? We had two children then. Yeah. And then the baby came, came uh, nine months later. And then uh, we went to the Nazarene church over here for about 20 years. And, and I was playing the bass there. You know, and uh, they had another bass player coming in. He played rock and roll music. Yeah. So we took turns every Sunday playing music. But one Sunday, they said, we'll let you know when it's your turn to play. Yeah. So that's when I left. Oh, okay. I came over here. You came to Southside Baptist. It was Southside Baptist then. Yes. When you came yeah, here. Yeah. yeah. Now it's being church right over here. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. When you think back over your life, what... Tell me about a God moment. Tell me about a moment. Uh, you just told me about that that story in the rented room. Tell me, tell me a God moment you've had where you thought, man, God is really writing the pages of well, my story. I can tell you. I can tell you. I mean, I was a Christian. I became a Christian in 1969, and these past two years was completely different from the first years. Really? Completely different. Yeah. Because of this. Because of what God did inside of you. The heart. Yeah. And what God did inside of me, yeah. Yeah. So so I've been serving the Lord ever since. Uh, we had a young lady here. She played the organ, Anita. Yeah. And she played in retirement centers. And she asked me if I would come one day and play for the people. Yeah. And that lasted about 20, about 23 years. Okay. Played at the, at the retirement center. Yeah. In the meantime, I picked up five more homes where I would play four hours every week in these homes. Yeah. Sharing Christian music, 
reading scripture, reading material I bought, just, just sharing Christian material with the people. And then at, at the end of the program, I would leave, I would pray first, and each program was for one hour, Yeah. playing the harmonica or the guitar. Yeah. And they will ask me, when are you going to play the guitar? When are you going to play your harmonica? Because I'm, I'm using both of them at the same time, you know. Yeah. Not the same time, but one after another. Yeah. So then, uh, uh, to me, that was a blessing, playing uh, playing six homes, four hours every week. That's amazing. So let me read some scripture to you. I'm going to read some scripture to you. And I, I just want you to tell me what comes to your heart when I read this, okay? This is Psalms 139. Uh, verses 13 through 16. It says, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Well, you know, we all have my life planned out. I know nothing, nothing about what he was planning, you know. And it, 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 it strikes me that people think that we came from the Great Explosion. We came from monkey, but we still have monkeys. Yeah. But I mean, I could look at the body. I look at the body and see God has created everything that works together perfectly. But I look at the people, and we all have, we all have different characteristics. Yeah. You know, I, I, used to, I used to be a nervous fellow when I was young, and I had a habit of you know, turning my head and everything. Yeah. They call that same, I had, uh, I had what they call uh, same body stance when I was a young kid. That would be rheumatic fever. And usually leaves you with a bad heart. But I never had a bad heart until I was uh, turning 75 years old. 75. Yeah. But this is how I know that there is a God and how he helps people out. Have you seen God writing the story of your life? I became a Christian back in 1969. I mean, I wasn't fully, completely involved i mean it tastes it's like you have to grow into your christian faith sure it's a daily process you know you don't receive everything at one time yeah and there are there are times now when, when i pray i said god baptize me with the presence of the holy spirit yeah <laughs> because i want him to lead me yeah to lead me guide me and direct me yeah I may have plans, but he's, he's going to adjust your plans, brother. Amen. He's going to adjust your plans. But you've seen where he's adjusted I've your seen plans. These past two years. Yeah. I can't believe it. Yeah. Amen. I can't believe it. Yeah. Well, Jerry, I'm so thankful for you. I'm thankful for your coming out tonight. Um, you can truly see how God has um, planned everything out to put you right where you are, to use you in nursing homes, thinking about God being the author of your life and that He's writing your story. Can you, any last kind of message you would want to testify to, want to share 
about how God has planned and authored and is involved in your life? I don't know how to put that, but I know there was a plan for my life. I, I know that much, but I just didn't know what it was. Yeah. You know, and then, like I said, my mother would preach to us day and night, but we just, some walked away and some just, just sat there and took it. I yeah. call it, I took it, you know. Yeah. But yet I still know what to do with that when the time came in my bed in a rented room. That's beautiful. Because of what I was doing to my wife. Yeah, yeah. You know. If there was one message you would want to leave with folks, what would it be? John 3, 16 and 17, For God to love the world, He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish. For God did not condemn this world. He gave us Jesus Christ to lead us and to guide us and direct us. I tell people, don't turn Jesus away. Don't turn him away. Yeah. If you feel the presence of the Holy Spirit, don't turn him away. Because yeah. that person is working on your heart and mind and body and soul. Yeah. Don't turn him away. Amen. Because we don't know what tomorrow holds. Yeah. We don't know what tonight holds. I may not make it home tonight. Yeah. To enjoy a homemade bundle of stew. <laughs> but it wasn't the church's time. Yeah, there you go. Well, listen, I appreciate you sharing your story with the church tonight. Yes. And uh, I just told you what happened to me. Yeah, that's it. You know, God's good. God's good, you know. And I feel His presence every time I hear. Sometimes I hear the name of Jesus and my body starts to shake. Yeah. The whole trunk starts to shake. Wow. That's the Holy Spirit. It is. It is. Yeah. Even a simple if I hear the name of Jesus or something that pertains to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Right here. Well, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for all the years you played bass for us, and uh, this is gonna testify to many, many people. And so, I'm sorry I had to give it up, but it was it was too much in my ears. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we love you, brother. Well, I love you too, brother, and I enjoy being here. Yeah. You know. Praise God. Well, that's it. Easy enough, right? No problem. No, look at that. Take you a little sip. Don't you love Jerry? If you didn't know Jerry, now you do. Jerry, why don't you wave at everybody? Jerry's right here. Yes, there he is. I have um, I've said before from the pulpit that when I get older, I pray to be like Jerry. Uh, Jerry's the best dressed guy all the time, everywhere he goes. Um, but I, I, can, I can tell you, not just from interviewing him, but from seeing his life, that at 87 years old, he is just as hungry for the Lord today as he was in 1969. May the Lord help us to have the same drive to see him. I love you, Jerry. Um, turning your Bibles to Psalm 139, that's where we'll be today. Um, and Jerry's, we talked to it some in that video there, uh, but the thought for today is that God is the author of our story. 
You just heard Jerry's. Um, and we talked about the fact that God, before Jerry was even a twinkle in his daddy's eye, God had already known him. Think about that for two seconds. Before his parents ever conceived him, God knew him. And that's what we're going to see here. Psalms 139, and I'm just going to, I'm, I'm not going to preach 40 minutes on top of that. So some of y'all are like a little nervous about lunchtime. Don't worry. All is well. I've planned accordingly. Um, Psalm 139. Let's start in verse 13. If you do not have a Bible with you today, there's a Bible in the pew in front of you. You can take that Bible home with you. Uh, if you don't have one at home, that's our gift to you. Uh, online or at home, um, you can pull it up on your devices wherever you're at. Um, reading verse 13 from Psalm 139. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Three things for you this morning. This portion of Psalms 139 um, is, is part of a larger chapter where David is being accused of abandoning the, of, of abandoning the Lord and his post and David's got accusations coming at him. And so he actually starts out this chapter uh, saying, Lord, you know me. You know my heart. It, it verse one said, oh, Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. The Lord knows. So have you ever, have you ever been in a, in a place where somebody's been making accusations of you and, uh, and you're like, you don't even know me. You ever been there? Oh, okay, it's just me. Fine. I'll, I'll just uh, use me as the guinea pig. Um, I have been in a place where people who I've never met or just recently have known have really strong opinions of me and accusations. This is what David was feeling. And he was making this prayer, this poem, this plea to the Lord, God, you know my heart. And so we see here in verse 13, God knows not only his heart in the present, but David declares of the Lord, you knew me before I was even me. This is a powerful truth because as we talk about this is my story and we hear stories like from Jerry and we say, who is writing this story? Have you ever asked that question? Have you ever looked at your life or walked through a season where you're like, who wrote this into my life? Well, I can tell you who, the Lord. Three things this morning. Number one, God decided to create you before you were conceived. 
Let's look at 13 and 14. 13 and 14 said, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body. It is God, not us, who creates. It is God, not us, that creates. Now, what are the implications of saying something like that and seeing this out of Scripture? Well, this verse takes away the argument that it is solely between a man and a woman, a father and a mother, whether or not they will conceive a child. No, God claims ownership, the right in that matter. It is God who creates, not us. This changes some things when God is the author. When God is the author and not us, um, I, I heard a preacher once say, obey God and leave the consequences to him. You ever heard that? Obey God, leave the consequences to him because he's the one writing this whole thing. And so, one, it is God, not us, who creates. And who made us matters. Who the author is matters. Have you ever heard someone say, oh, well, uh, that's, their, that's the father's son, or, or I, I sure am my mother's daughter. And look, we see resemblances of our parents in us. But it's very important to acknowledge this morning that when we're talking about the story of our life, it begins with God, not your parents. Now, some of us are like, thank God. <laughs> thank God it doesn't start with my parents. But all of a sudden, our identity shifts. Our identity shifts as not one attached to our parents, but one that is attached to God the Father. He formed us, our most inward parts, at the deepest core of our identity we see in 13. Um, did you know that the kidney is the most inaccessible organ in the body? Did you know that? I didn't. I do now. Now picture this. God wove all of that together with his hands. He spoke it into existence. Your life before your parents ever thought of you. You were woven together and because God creates life, we have reason for grateful praise to him. Look at 14. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. What are, what are the implications of this? There is no one that is unwanted, or in excess. There's no such thing in life as an unwanted life or an unplanned life. There's nothing. Your story was not a mistake. It was planned. It was planned. And it was planned before you were ever thought of, before your parents thought of you. This is why we feel the way we do about abortion. This is why we feel this way, because we not only know God has a plan for the story of that mother, but we know that that child wasn't just conceived at that moment between that man and the woman. That child was conceived in the heavenlies 
before the foundations of the earth. Oftentimes, Christians will argue that, you know, the, the big question is, when does life begin? When does the story start? And we will say life begins at conception, but what this scripture would say was your life began before you were ever conceived. There's so much rest to be found in knowing that the author, the creator of the universe, authored your life and had a plan for it before anything would ever, before a single day would pass. He is the author. Number two. So number one, God decided to create you before you were conceived. And then in 15 and 16, we see before you existed, God knew you. Before you existed, God knew you. Look at 15. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. My frame was hidden from you. Well, some of your verses will say when I was made in secret. Um, part of the Supreme Court's, now this, this isn't Sanctity of Life Sunday, but it happens to fall in sync with the fact that your story begins with God. Doesn't begin in the hospital. It begins with God. And part of the Supreme Court's ruling in Roe versus Wade um, was based in the court's admission that the greatest minds of science, medicine, and theology had been unable to reach a consensus on when human life began, and so the court would not bother itself with that issue. But the Bible does tell us when life begins. It begins when God identifies it, names it, and knows it. Life begins when God identifies it, names it, and knows it. Long before we can see it. Long before technology can scan it. That is where your story began. So God knew you before you were knowable. <laughs> God knew you before you were knowable. God made your body as a dwelling place for his presence. We see in 15, like the second part here, and I was woven together in the dark of the womb. Some of your versions will say, and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. This terminology in the Hebrew points to how they used to weave the curtains of the tabernacle together. Where his presence would dwell. This is beautiful because I know that my life is not just for me, but it is meant for his dwelling. Look at you. Look at you. Listen, don't fall asleep yet. You have the very image of God all tied up in your DNA. He's in each of you. And you were designed to be his dwelling place. God saw you before you were seeable. Look at the first part of 16. You saw me before I was born. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance. David's substance, the material aspect, before it was formed as in conception. This is how the verse has often been understood. But an embryo does have a form, a recognizable structure. However, David states that God recognized us when we could not be seen. 
God saw you before you could be seen by the human eye, microscope, or any other instrument. God recognizes plans and sees our story before it even exists in physical form. I heard a pastor say one time, uh, there is not a subatomic particle anywhere in the universe over which God is not sovereign. There is nothing for which God does not have in his hand. I wrote this down because when you're, when you're, when you're walking through the Bible, I hope you do this when you walk through the Bible. You should read it over and over. Repetition helps because it helps it sink in. Ask God what it is that he's trying to say in this scripture. And obviously, you know, the Bible interprets the Bible, not our experience. And then we should ask ourselves, how do we apply this? This isn't meant just for... uh, growing our heads. It's for the moving of our feet. And this is what the Lord kind of spoke to me as I was reading this particular point here. A God who took such care in creating you from the yesterdays of eternity past can be trusted to care for your life today. The very same God who took such care in creating you before the foundations of the world can absolutely, unequivocally take care of you today. Yeah. Lastly, and the band can come back. Number one, God decided to create you before you were conceived. Number two, before you existed, God knew you. And then lastly, before you were conceived, God determined a plan for your life. Before you were conceived, God determined a plan for your life, a story for your life. God has, and we're going to cover this in weeks to come, God has a plan for you. I should have turned my ringer off. Let me do it now. I'm going to hear about this at lunch. I promise. God has a plan and purpose for us before we were even born. God knows and orders the events. Look at the last part of 16 here. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out. Underline this if you underline. Before a single day passed. And this brings me great comfort and encouragement because there have been days where I think, did God not see this coming? Was God not prepared for this? And what scripture, where is this coming from? And what scripture would whisper to my soul is that God planned this before there was ever 
a whisper of my name here on this earth. And if God had a plan for it, this tells me something about God. He is never caught off guard. And that's consoling in the emergency room. That's consoling in my marriage. That's consoling in our families. That is consoling to know that what's happening to me right now is not catching him off guard. No. He's intimately aware of every day that I will live. Oh, praise him. Now we see a few places in the Bible where lives, um, human life, uh, the course of human life uh, of the unborn are mentioned. Uh, If you go back to Genesis 16, you see where Ishmael, his destiny was foretold. Um, Ishmael was the son of Hagar, okay? So you've heard of Abraham and Sarah, I'm sure. They couldn't get pregnant. And so they decided to rush the process. They said, oh, well, evidently God's not going to have a child through me, so we're going to have a baby through our servant, Hagar. And Ishmael was the product of that. And we see in Genesis 16 where even when he was, before he was even conceived, an angel of the Lord, the Lord would say that there are going to be problems with him. Jacob and Esau, in Genesis 25, we see that the Lord spoke about their lives before they were even there. We see it in Jeremiah. He was consecrated from the womb, Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. He had a purpose before he was ever even born. Paul, we see in Galatians 1.5, but when God, who had set me apart even from my mother's womb, called me through his grace, was pleased. And the most prominent place we see it is in Jesus. Isaiah 49.1 says, listen to me, O islands, and pay attention, you peoples from afar. The Lord called me from the womb from the body of my mother, he named me. 40, Isaiah 49.5, and now says the Lord, who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him so that Israel might be gathered to him. From the womb, before birth, God had already consecrated his son Jesus in this world. Purpose and the role of his life was determined in the womb. If you go to Isaiah 9 verse 6, You've heard this, for a child will be born unto us. He hasn't been born yet. A son will be given to us and the government will rest on his shoulders and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness. From then on and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Look, if you're going to walk away from here today, you need to understand something. Your story is a result of God's love for you. 
And look, I'm not so naive as to say there are seasons where it doesn't feel like that. Jesus' gender, his political role, all determined before he was ever born. His reputation, his accomplishments, the extent of his power, the source of his power, all of it determined before he would ever come from Mary. So as we kick off in this series and we start talking about the different stories we see, we need to understand one central truth, and that is this, God is the author. Our identity is in him. Our story is written by him. And probably the most comforting thing I have found in studying for today was this, that every day that I live, contains purpose that he wrote for me before I was ever thought of. When no one else was thinking of me, he was thinking of me. When no one else would, and, and people would say, you know what, there's nothing for you, you have no future, or, or now you've really screwed it up, Carl, you're not going to be able to rebound from this. I can with confidence say of my God that you're not writing this story and neither am I he's writing this story he's writing this story and it encourages my heart to continue living for whatever he has written that tomorrow is secure because he's already been there you realize that he's not just a God of the past and today But God has gone before you. He's already out in front of you. He's not constrained by time. As they worship today, my prayer is that you would understand that your story is a result of God's love for you. And that life is worth the living. Because he lives. Thanks for streaming this audio from Transformation Church RVA located in Richmond, Virginia. For more information, check out our website at www.transformationrva.com.